This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell. It's your favorite podcast about the horror movies and sci-fi shows. For the pimps and the hoes, the sisters and the bros, all of those people that listen, keep glistening, keep glistening. Snake Pliskin. (laughs) I'm escaped uh, from New York. Joe DeRosa, and that's Patrick Walsh. And welcome to a special Good Friday episode of uh, We'll See You in Hell, the podcast that lets you know that if you don't follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you are going to hell, and we will see you there. We are recording this on Good Friday. Good Friday, when the Lord... Gave his life for thee, and then came back two days later on Easter Sunday. Uh, we'll be happy to have you back then as well. But it drops on a Easter Monday. Yeah. So the shows... You'll rec- probably have a raging Easter hangover. Peep sugar all over your cock ring. Uh-huh. Uh, thinking, you know... Whose bonnet did I get in last night, if you catch my drift? Bonnet? Is that an Easter thing? Easter bonnet. Yeah, like little girls will wear them. They used to wear them back in the, uh, you know, meet me in St. Louis days. (laughs) They'd wear Easter bonnets. In your Easter bonnet. Meet me in St. Louis? Yeah, Judy Garland. Uh, You know, I heard she got in quite a few bonnets, or quite a few people got in her bonnet back in the day. Yeah, well, she was a pillhead. Let's call it call it what it was. Now they're doing a movie about her. Yes, with and uh, Michelle Williams. Michelle, right? wait, no, that's that she played uh, uh, Marilyn. Marilyn. Oh yeah, that was a boring fucking movie. My week with Marilyn, more like my year in the movie theater. <laughs> No, oh, who's playing Judy? I forget. Judy is uh, Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's an odd casting. But then you remember that Renee Zellweger's face looks like it was taken <laughs> off another human being at that's this point. True. So she kind of looks like Judy Garland now. I got to say, I would have liked to see Martin Short as Judy Garland. <laughs> that's what I wanted. I would have liked to have seen Martin Short as Judy Garland playing it with his Jerry Lewis impression. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a lozenge the whole time. Is there a worse... You know, of your major holidays, your top ten. Is there a worse holiday than Easter? A lamer holiday than Easter? I've never had yeah. a great one. Never had a great one. Well, what 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 would be great about our Lord's crucifixion, well, other than His glorious resurrection? That's what Easter is. Yeah, I'm saying what would be great about that, other than His glorious resurrection. I mean, if you're the type of type of psycho or sicko that wants to revel in a man <laughs> being nailed to something, well, then that's on you, Pat. But I can't help you there. I just feel like the food sucks. The There's never a good party. No, the food's... It's ham. It's great food. I don't need a ham. 
I love ham. On a Sunday afternoon. I made a ham on a Saturday afternoon recently. You were here. I, I had a piece of ham. It was good. Um, I've just never had a go. I, 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 the only real Easter memory I have would be my dad throwing me against a wall in my basement um, after I had moved out of the house and then uh, driving in two separate cars to Easter, me and my sister and my mom and my dad. And then when we got there, my dad walking around going, yeah, well, Pat had to drive separate because he, he's in a he's in a bad mood today to everyone at, at my Easter because he threw me against a wall was why I was in a bad mood. Why did mood. he throw you against a wall? Because he was like, when are you going to mow the lawn? And I was like, well, I don't live here anymore. I was like, right. I guess I can come over on a Saturday. but I, And then somehow this conversation wound up with me throwing against the wall. Then the whole rest of the day was a lot of like, uh, careful what you say to Pat. He'll get upset. Oh wow! Now it's very I see. Uh, kind of a great Santini vibe. I don't know what great Santini is. Bobby Duval as a as an abusive father. Look, it's not that's not a movie about a magician. I always thought that was about a magician all these years. No, there's no magic. Uh, except the magic on the screen, <laughs> woven by the great Bobby Duval. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Um. Bounces a basketball off his son's head, if I recall. That correctly. sounds like a terrible Easter, Pat. My memories consist of Easter egg hunts and and you know candies and things. Yeah, I never guess. getting thrown against a wall, never being <laughs> mocked in front of the family by my own father. Yeah, you wouldn't expect to see it on an on an Easter Sunday. I wouldn't expect to see it on a regular Sunday. No, <laughs> but uh, that's what I remember. I did used to have egg hunts and things of that nature, but also kind of lame, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, because if you're not five, an egg hunt is stupid. But even if you are five, it's like, oh, good, I I have, you know, jelly beans that are melting in my hand. Christmas, you have ten new toys. See, our egg hunts at our church, where they do them, often had. Um, uh, th- sorry, I was going to make a dirty priest uh, joke, but uh-huh. I don't want to because these were nice priests yeah. at my church. Uh, they were, uh, they did a thing that like you'd find some that had dollar bills in them. It was fun. Okay. You know, when you're six or Probably whatever. Probably taken right out of the uh, collection plate. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Sick. Sick people. Uh, what's been happening, Joe? I guess we should get to it first. Get on with the show. And get on with the Joe! Shoot me! Thank you. You're welcome. I don't. I didn't feel like being sung to today, quite frankly. You didn't? I'm not in the mood. Well, it's over. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you kept it brief. At least uh, it wasn't done in an annoying voice, <laughs> if you weren't in the mood. What's new, Pat? I'm approaching the two-week mark of ha- not having a drop of alcohol uh, yeah. or a stitch of weed. Okay. Or a bump of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> or a needle of heroin. Yeah, uh, I have smoked about a total of s- five cigarettes over the two weeks, which is not bad. Not bad. Uh, I've you been do on say a- you only smoke when you drink. I guess that's not true. Well, I noticed sometimes now when I go out socially, the, un- the discomfort hits such a mass level that I have to go outside yeah. and do something to harm myself. I hear that. And I don't want to cut myself just yet. Right. But if I didn't, if cigarettes didn't exist, that's what I would be doing. Right. Um, so those are the only times I ever smoke, but, uh, or, or since I haven't been drinking. And I haven't, uh, and I've been on a diet for the last week. 
Uh, and I got a cholesterol test back Monday. My cholesterol was a bit high. It's supposed to be 200. I was at 258. Okay. So not medicine high, but, you know, and not like alarming high, but high. And you, I got to sure. get it down, I guess. Because, yeah, I cut, mean, who cut, gives cut, a cut shit? Cut your yolks, cut your cheese, up your fish. Haven't had any... Never had, eaten a piece of fish. Haven't had eggs, pork, uh, or cheese all week. Been using cholesterol-free mayonnaise to make some tuna salad. No bread, no sweets, no sugar. All mayonnaise. Disgusting. Well, I didn't ask you that, Pat. And if I wanted your fucking opinion, uh, I would ask for it when you were a member of the mayonnaise committee. Well, I I thought this was supposed to be a discussion podcast wherein we discuss things. It's more like a disgusting podcast. Yeah. I'm yeah, fed up, folks, there. with this world we live in. What's yeah. it with you? Last week was our big world podcast. We'll get off the world this week. Um, Not much. I mean, I might as well just get us over to Pat's movie corner. Already? What are we, 15 minutes in here? We're uh, not even, I think, about 11 minutes in. <laughs> All right. You have nothing in your week? You want to talk about how you haven't been drinking? Or have you been, you sneak? No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't get easier. I want to drink all the time. <laughs> uh, right now, I'd like to be having a drink. But uh, that's about it. You, you know, your days are long. They're boring. I find myself going to bed earlier, waking up early. Very little joy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I think it was uh, Humphrey Bogart who said he doesn't understand people who doesn't drink, who don't drink, because when they wake up, that's the best they're going to feel all day. Yeah, I know the quote well. Sinatra often quoted him for saying that. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. It's a miserable day. Nothing picks up. No. You know? Nothing I mean, I horizon. guess you get a little... You know, I found an N64... Sure. In a thrift store two days ago for $25. That was exciting. Then that's gone now, though. I mean, I still have it, but the joy is gone. I didn't even play it. I just bought it. Yeah. And I set it up, and I didn't even turn it on. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it came out more sad than a a triumph, really. (laughs) Sounds terrible. It was supposed to be sad. And you didn't have one of those? No, that's the newest addition to my collection is the N64. I had one of those as a kid. I didn't have one now. All right. Or a college kid, I should say. Uh, Got some new video games over here. Mortal Kombat Annihilation Armageddon for the PlayStation 2. One of the great Mortal Kombat entries. Tony Hawk Pro Skater for the N64. Again, haven't played it. Haven't played it. 1080 snowboarding for the N64. Again, haven't played it. Rogue Squadron for the N64. Haven't played it. Well, I'm glad you kept us from heading over to Pat's movie. <laughs> we got some great stuff here. Um. All right, let's go. All right, I saw Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Um, 
I mean, it was weird. It was basically like a woman, especially it was a weird movie for now. Every bit as weird as Death Wish because she was basically a woman, sort of a, a Russian spy who is groomed to, you know, seduce and pleasure men. And there there are classes that are shown in this movie where they're basically being trained to, like, lean into a sexual assault and take it. Right. Because uh, you, then you can get, you know, better info from them. It all felt pretty uncomfortable. The story was, you know, very convoluted. At some point, it reminded me of like a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the most boring movie ever made. The most boring and un- and confusing movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that movie is... Ugh. But that movie, I felt like this movie is smarter than me, and I, I just don't get it, and that's fine. Red Sparrow, I felt like this movie is dumber than me, and they just kind of aren't telling the story well. And it, it didn't really do much for me. There was... You know, I had heard it compared to Paul Verhoeven who was an insane director that I love a lot of his movies. You know, your Showgirls, Starship Troopers, Robocop. You love Showgirls? His earliest. I like Trash, and I like his version of (laughs) Trash. He also did Hollow Man, which was, you know, uh, Kevin Bacon getting invisible so he could sexually assault women, basically was the plot of that movie. Was that a good movie? No, Hollow Man's very bad. But uh, it had the same kind of feel. There was a lot of nudity in it, a surprising amount of Jennifer Lawrence nudity. She was, I mean, she's an incredible looking woman. She has a presence. I like watching her. But as we dip into the two hour, 20 minute range, you know, uh, I saw, I can't recommend it. I saw about t- uh, 25 minutes of this film. Yeah. I was waiting to go in to see another movie that will review. That's my drain going off. Oh. I don't know if it's picking up on here, but I, I was. Well, I'll explain why I saw only 25 minutes on it on the Annihilation podcast, but uh, I uh, but I saw about 25 minutes of this movie as I waited to see Annihilation, and that was enough for me. Uh, I got in one rape scene, yeah. uh, which 25 minutes in is it's you know you know there's probably more coming if they're throwing them that quickly at you. Yeah, uh, I didn't really care to see more. Uh, or that one. Um, Jeremy Irons uh, comes out doing this Russian like diplomat character that literally looks like it's a sketch on Mad TV. He's holding the cigarette upside down. <laughs> yeah, it was both uh, like broad, like a Malkovich, but also you could tell he was very bored doing it. It was absurd. So it was a, a, a over-the-top performance done in a boring way, which was very strange to say. It was absurd. And then also, yeah, his character does everything except say, uh, as you Americans say, yeah. the cows come home? <laughs> or, you know, one of those things. I think he said something pretty close to that. It was it was not a good, it wasn't a bad film. It just wasn't a good film. Right. What I, what I saw. 25 minutes, yeah. No, I saw the whole shebang. Sounds um, like it didn't get any better. I saw Ready Player One, but I imagine we'll do that on here. We should do that on here. We'll do that on here. I saw Hellraiser Judgment, which we're probably not going to review on here. I'm not watching any more Hellraiser. I know. You've made it very clear. How was it? Uh, not good. Yeah. It it got a little bit closer to what I love about the first two films than most of the sequels did. 
Right. But that's not saying much because there's been so many bad sequels at this point. Um, it had moments that were interesting. It had some ideas that were fine. Um, it was much, much too layered. There was too much going on. It very much felt like, a, uh, you know, a movie that... It felt like, you know, it felt like these things always feel anymore, like like these sequels a lot of the time feel. They took a script for something and then they turned it into a Hellraiser movie, which right. the director claims he didn't do. Um, but that's what it felt like to me. Uh, enough, if you're listening out there, Hellraiser producers and writers, enough with the cop storylines. Nobody wants a cop <laughs> murder mystery storyline. That's its own thing. Don't. As they say in the comedy writing business, don't joke the joke. Yeah. We're already doing a horror movie about demons from hell. Don't add a serial killer storyline to it. It's too much. I've so, only heard it's a joke on a joke. Huh? I've only heard it's a joke on a joke. Yeah, you're joking the joke. I've never heard it put as joking the joke. Well, I don't know. What What do you want from me, Pat? I, I didn't want you to give him wrong information. I'm sorry. Uh, but you get what I mean. Uh, so it was, you know, I'm, Do, I, does Pinhead ever get arrested? Do they ever put like cuffs on him and take him down to the station? There's a there's a scene that's very like cops like where they pull him out of his trailer. Yeah. And his wife is his demon wife is screaming for the <laughs> cops to let him go. Uh-huh. Uh, she's spitting at the camera. Right. So, yeah. And I just didn't think that fit. No. I didn't think it fit. Me neither. Um. And then the movie ends with this, the spoiler alert, the movie ends with this, there's this woman that keeps showing up to the to Pinhead and the, uh, and the auditor, who's one of the other Cenobites, um, throughout the film, and you don't know who she is or whatever, but she's dressed in this, like, sort of white leather getup with, like, strap-on shoes, like, sh- white shoes with toe-exposed toe shoes with, stra- you know, like, a very modern outfit, then at the end of the movie, you find out she's like a rep from heaven. Uh, and she's basically like, you're not going to bring this serial killer to hell. You're going to let him go because we need him out there to keep people believing in us. So it's just too much. It's like now the director is doing the whole like heaven's actually corrupt too. see, which is dumb. Right. Uh, and boring and basic. Right. Um, and then also... You're like, the Cenobites wear this, like, otherworldly clothing, and this woman from heaven is is dressed like the the, the Gap, like she shopped at, like, the Gap business or whatever. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's just not... Maybe she was trying to blend in. Well, no, she only appears to the demons. And then at the end of the movie, Pinhead gets turned back into a normal human, uh, and that's his punishment, is that he's now a human, which completely betrays the pinhead mythology and not that it hasn't been betrayed before but that's not that's not what the story is like so it's just it's just bad uh it was just bad i'm sorry to hear it yeah me too i was excited to see it and i waited two years to see it yeah so anyway all right well i got something for joe scary stuff wait don't you have another oh wait ready player one that was it that's it. That's all I saw. Oh, okay. So then we'll do that on an episode? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Hey, hey, well then, let's take it to Joe's scary stuff. Stuff, 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 stuff. <laughs> what do you got, bitch? Uh, 
Shout Select, which is a nice little, uh, you know, not quite at uh, what's the what's the the collector's edition, the Scream Factory. Yes, they're not quite at that level with the special features, but uh, Shout Select does a nice job of picking movies. I believe they did the the Bill and Ted series, which I bought and still have not watched. Uh, but I also got the Burbs. Beautiful new edition, great print, great horror comedy, really good like forty five minute documentary. Uh, with all the key players except Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher and Bruce Dern. Yeah, a lot, this is a lot Pat, of Feldman. You tell me this the other night. He goes, he goes, <laughs> the entire cast is in this documentary. I go, yeah. really? And I go, Hanks? And he goes, except for Hanks. And, and well, and also Fisher because she's passed. And I go, okay, so Bruce Dern? You go, no, he's not in it either. Yeah, they didn't get Dern. I go, Who, who's in it? He goes, it's a lot of Feldman. Yeah, it's Feldman. It's uh, <laughs> Dern's wife in the Stars and Stripes bikini. In the interviews now, she puts it back on? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, and it's a lot of Dante. 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 Joe Dante. Dante. Joe Dante. Joe Dante. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good. And then the other features, unfortunately, you've already seen in the documentary. So you start to watch the commentary and you're like, you just told me this story. I hate when they do that on Blu-rays, frankly. Like, they'll have an interview with Joe Dante that's 10 minutes long. But then... Most of the interview, like 95% of it, is in the documentary. So don't put the interview on there. I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, they probably do that commentary six months apart from the interview. So they don't remember. I mean, this one had the the Dante interview was in the documentary. And then they put put it on there like it's a special feature. I didn't expect to complain about this this Blu-ray, but it was it was a minor quibble. If you're a fan of the Burbs, there's tons of great stories. They talk about Corey Feldman having a lot of uh, porn stars on the, on the set. He was 15. He's 15 years old. That's barely mentioned. They gloss right over it. It was a different time, folks. It's a different time. Rick Duckman, also not in the documentary. Pretty much nobody from the cast in the documentary. Rick Overton, you mean? Overton. Sorry. Yeah. Or, or is it Dukeman? Or is that Rick Dukeman? Dukeman. That's, I always get them mixed up. There's two guys. One's Rick Overton, one's Rick Dukeman. That's Dukeman. Yeah, Dukeman died. And they said that he uh, had a very filthy sense of humor that often didn't gel with the entire cast. You know, the role was offered to John Candy. Is that right? Yeah, he passed because he said, no, I'm not playing another, like, fat guy role. Right. Like, I don't want to play the fat guy again. Boy, but what a great movie that would have been. It would have been fucking fantastic. How'd you know that? I never heard that. Uh, I don't know. I just know it. Um, but I it look. I think this podcast. I think Dukeman is tremendous in it. Yeah. But I can only you know it's like the kingpin scenario. What would the other version have been? Well, this uh, Candy and Dukeman are not equals. I mean, uh, no. But Dukeman's really good at it. He he is good. he is he really plays the dumb guy very very well. Like, yeah. And and you know, I just mean a, a Farley Carey Keaton kingpin. That's a true which is better scenario. Who knows? I think the one we got. Keaton. Wait, Car- in, the, in the alternate kingpin, Carrie is, is Big Earn, right? Carrie is Big Earn. Keaton is Harrelson. And Farley was the Amish. And guy. were they ever going to dress that Keaton is about 20 years <laughs> older than? Uh, I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> than Jim Carrey. I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> and they're supposed to be the same age. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, it could have been a whole different thing, but um, I, yeah, but I, I love the Burbs. I, I would, I'm interested to see, you know, what of course would have loved to have seen what the John Candy version would have been. I think it was right around, right after that is when G- Candy did like only the Lonely. I think it was when he was Couple trying years to, later, but yeah, yeah, he I mean, was like, I, I want to be a leading man, like just because I'm heavy doesn't mean. I mean, Jesus, you want to talk about ahead of his time, right? Christ Almighty, you know, it was right. like the late '80s, and the guy's like, why can't I be fat and be just regular, you know? Yeah, JFK for crying out loud. Uh, he's fantastic, and well, I take that back. He's not fantastic. He's it's interesting to see him in that role in JFK, <laughs> but he's not fantastic in it. That accent is not. He's I, not I selling like me. I like it. But yeah. I like the role. I don't. I'm not buying the accent. You got to do it, Daddy O. Yeah. Well, he. That's how it was written. He's doing it in kind of a 50s movie style. I felt like, right. I guess. I watched on YouTube. I had seen it before on A and E, like this hour long tribute to John Candy. It's fantastic. If you look up tribute to John Candy and it's about 50 minutes on YouTube, it's fantastic. I really like uh, Jack Lemmon and JFK. I do as well. Yeah. He told a story on the actor's studio that his uh, he goes, uh, he goes, they just stone just kept turning the lights up brighter, 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 I need it brighter, brighter, brighter. I'm doing the scene. I'm sweating. Wouldn't you know what the damn paper caught on fire? That's how hot the damn lights were. Wow. That's the story he told. Wow. That was the same episode where James Lipton said, what's your favorite word? And he looked at his wife and said, can I? And she nodded yes. And he went, uh, cocksucker, motherfucker. All right. <laughs> but it was it was bleeped. How did you know? Because, I don't know, they didn't bleep the sucker and the fucker. Okay. Or the mother, maybe. All right. I, you know, you so I, realize, of, you, I realize you're not on trial. Here. You got a lot of challenges today. I just, it's something that occurred to me. Now, Mr. DeRosa, <laughs> you claim... <laughs> How can you have heard the word cocksucker clearly <laughs> through the beat? Did you uh, see that interview with Bob Hoskins that was making the round this week? No. Why is that making the rounds? It was from like 1990 or something. Probably like Roger Rabbit days and Hoskins on some British talk show. I don't know who posted it, but it got a lot of traction for, some, for whatever reason. No, it didn't seem to be. All right. He talked about being hammered on the set of uh, Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I just watched a whole do- online doc about that by the gaming historian, uh-huh. which is he does these really great, like, sort of biography style history videos about video games. Yeah. You know, a whole thing about the Super Mario Brothers and how, like, they were just apparently fucking wasted. Yeah. Like, there was an, there was like a car accident when Lenglazama was driving. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I recently read an article about it that was fascinating. It seems like a, a true disaster. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, Hoskins is like, yeah, you know, I. Uh, I get a call from my boy Brian De Palma, and he says, "Hey, hey, old chap, let's go to dinner." And we go to dinner, and he says, "I want you to play Al Capone in my Untouchables movie." Yeah, and I said, "Al Capone, or Brian De Palma, I, I, where where do I sign, mate?" <laughs> so anyway, you know, he goes, "I I got to tell you though, I did ask Robert De Niro to do it. If he doesn't do it, will you be my backup for me? Will you be on call?" Mm-hmm. I said, I understand. You got to go with De Niro, I, and I'll be I'll be your on call man. So some time passes, and De Niro does the part. I, I think, all right, I didn't get it. I get a card at my house one day, a check inside for two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> it's a card from Brian De Palma saying, "Thank you for being my backup man." Wow. Well, I turned to my wife. I said, "Hey, Brian." You got any other parts you don't need me to play? (laughs) 
and like a huge laugh from the audience. It's kind of a soft punchline, really, but it's worth a watch. It was a great story. They don't even let them talk for that long on on these talk shows anymore. No. You, know, you just watch like a long, great story, well told. It was nice. There's an interview I found recently. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can find it. If you look up Joe Pesci, Letterman, Goodfellas. You talked about it last time, and oh, I, I watched it. I did? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Wow. That was a week ago. More forgetful without the drink. <laughs> uh, do you watch it? I watched it? it, yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. It was fucking great. Great interview. Uh, okay, I'm going to plug for Joe's scary stuff. You know, I'll stick with the theme here. Um, and many of you horror collectors out there are probably already familiar with this, but Arrow, Arrow is doing some really great re-releases of films. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot in the... They do, in, they're doing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right? Oh, God. Jesus. Come on, man. <laughs> uh... Woo! That reminds me, did you ever hear the Bob Hoskins interview where he was supposed to play Robin Hood? No. And he didn't, they said you have to go with Kevin Costner. Yeah. He didn't get a check. He just didn't get it. <laughs> was uh, Hoskins going to play Robin Hood in that one? No. I'm Joe, I'm doing your story you just did. Well, I know, but Hoskins uh, is such a better choice for the role. Of Robin Hood? A British man. Yes. Bob Hoskins, a British man that looks like Super Mario. Well, I guess he'd be you better think... for, for Fryer Tuck. Yeah, or what are you talking about? Maybe Little John? At maybe? least he's British. Uh, Fryer Tuck. By the way, my drag name is Fryer Tucked. <laughs> Folks. Folks. Oh, boy. Let's just say you want the seats in the rear. <laughs> If you want to see the full view. Uh, anyway, we were at a uh, arrow arrow. They're doing a lot of stuff, you know, uh, much like um, uh, uh, Scream Factory is doing. They're reissuing a lot of uh, old horror movies and um, and doing very nice jobs with new packaging and special features and things. I believe Arrow did the reanimator uh anniversary reissue that just came out in the reanim bride of reanimator so uh check those out man if you're if you're if you're not i don't see them often in stores which is why i think it's good to plug these things like i don't see a lot of the scream factory stuff in stores right. usually un unless you're at like a fry's electronics or a place that sells some sort of more esoteric dvds yeah. and blu-rays like I, I don't really see these things at like i never seen them at a best buy or anything so Go on Amazon and, and look these things up or go directly to their websites and get them. Probably should go to the websites. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing Trump's done yet. That seems like a good idea is try to get to the bottom of why Amazon, the largest company in America, doesn't pay taxes. I was like, now you're doing something worthwhile, Trump. But it's probably just some personal vendetta. He has against well, he's doing you. it so he can be like, look how they didn't pay their taxes. <laughs> that's what he why he's doing it. Yeah. But hey, whatever. You, you really know, that's how this works. That that Trump. What's that? You really Gandolfini that Trump. I mean, I got my ghost. Um, I got my ghost. We haven't I got even mentioned. Got my little Phil. Go get the head out of the dumpster, little Phil, Jeez. and go whack the guy, Frankie. That's my Gandolfini. It's really good. You should breathe heavier though. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I buy the boom. I buy the bing. <laughs> bring should, me a we pie. We should still watch it because you'll love it, and then you'll eat your words. <laughs> uh, we forgot to mention what we're talking about today, which is mom and dad. 
the Nicolas Cage Selma Blair vehicle about parents who one day snap in a in a town or I guess across the world. Uh, they never. No, yeah, it, it's it's widespread because yeah. the, there's national news stories right. about it, and they turn on their children and try to kill them. Um, it is available on iTunes right now for ninety nine cents, and you can download it on any of your major sites. Yeah, um, I thought this movie was a blast. I loved it. It was one of the sharpest. It was the sharpest horror movie I've seen since Get Out. Uh, it has the strongest social commentary I've seen in a horror film since Get Out. It's it's Cage being self-effacing and wild. Uncaged. Uh, yes. Blair delivers uh, on all fronts. The kids are great. And all Lance Henriksen shows up. Uh, what more do you want? I mean, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's funny at times. It's tense. They hit this concept from every conceivable angle. Um, and I just thought they did a great job of depicting the dynamic of the old and the young in this day and age. They made the kids look like total fucking pricks at the top right. of the movie uh, where you want bad things to happen to them because they're so arrogant and so snotty. Right. And then by the end of the movie... You think that the parents are the kind of gross people because they're complaining about this life they opted to have for themselves and make for themselves, and now they're mad at it. So it was a really, really great commentary on both sides of the age gap, and uh, I, I thought it was—I thought it was awesome. Funny movie. I mean, so a lot of times with these movies, they'll have a great premise, like this Truth or Dare movie coming out. I think it has, in theory, a great premise. Haven't seen it. Maybe it's great, but it looks like the execution is probably not going to be on point. Um, there's a lot of great horror premises that have been wasted through the years. This is a great one that I had not seen, and they did everything they could have done with it. Yeah. They, they used every part of the buffalo. You got Cage, as we talked about the other day. I mean, he really creeps it up in this thing. Even when he's supposed to be being a nice dad before he snaps, he's still kind of weird and creepy. That's what I found strange was <laughs> I, I understand not wanting to make him like Ward Cleaver or something, but I bet it was Cage who was like, I think this guy should be a piece of shit before he turns. And then the director's uh, there's a long, long line of stories of Cage insisting on something performance wise that might hurt the film. Yeah. Like that one we saw where he did a Brando impression for the last. 30 minutes what was that oh i didn't see that movie man yeah. bites dog man bites dog um but, but uh yeah i mean he's he's going for it uh i think if there had been a little more of a arc between the old dad and the new dad it would have hit a little harder but it was kind of funny to see him in these flashbacks like pounding beers and talking about getting laid and shit like that to his son but then again maybe the flashbacks were uh were warped Right. And supposed to be, you know, through this new lens of seeing your dad as crazy. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. But yeah, there is a funny scene where he's like sitting with his eight year old. Yeah. Drinking beer. And he's like, son, that car was a pussy magnet. And his, <laughs> yeah. his eight year old is like, dad, Jesus. He's yeah. like, sorry, girls, girl magnet, son, girl magnet. <laughs> that's my Jimmy Stewart cage. <laughs> see, see, it was a girl magnet. She's not here. She's in your house. <laughs> uh, what's that from it's a wonderful life 
He says that in Your there? money's not here. It's in Joe's house and, and, and Susie's house. And <laughs> you know that? I don't remember that line, but it One sounds... One of my favorite movies. It sounds accurate. It's, it's an angel. An angel got his wings. <laughs> That's right, Susu. That's right. Let's do... Uh, give me a Jimmy Stewart ordering at a restaurant. Any, Give me any restaurant. I'll do it. I'll do. Uh, I'll start with the the. What is it? Pinto or black beans? No, I you. I give you the restaurant. You give me the right. Let's play like an improv game. I thought I was going to be Jimmy Stewart coming through Chipotle. No, I'll be. I'm saying we could both do it, but I'll give you the restaurant to order. You give me the restaurant to order. Then it's like a game. We're see? at two different restaurants. God damn it, Pat! What? Do Jimmy ready? Jimmy Stewart ordering at McDonald's. Go. See. Well, I'll I'll do a twenty piece chicken nugget because uh, I gotta get my grandkids later and they like getting their fingers in the dipping sauces. <laughs> a quarter pounder with cheese. Can you do it without onions? Because I got I kiss the wife and she smells it on my breath and she doesn't let me kiss her again. This oh. is. D- devolving into Adam Sandler's old or Dana Carvey's old man character. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a forty-four ounce uh, diet, Doctor Doctor Pepper. Diet, Doctor Pepper. That's that's fun to say, and it's fun to say. Look, it's hard to no, do for an extended period. No, of time. I'll do Gandolfini ordering at a restaurant. All right, Gandolfini ordering at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, are they a whole pizza? And another whole pizza. And then another whole pizza. <laughs> and then another whole pizza. Is that rat edible? Wow. Speak ill of the dead much? Speaking of which, I'd like another whole pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, coming right up, Mr. Gandolfini. <laughs> See, they are, it's are, a Chuck E. Cheese. C- connected in the end. It's a Chuck E. Cheese where celebrities yeah, work. I, I yes anded you. Um, well, look, I'm going to read through some of these questions that we got. I requested them. You need to remember on our next episode for us to talk about our, that was off mic, our, uh, field trip last week. Oh yeah. We'll talk about it on the next episode. I'll tease it. I call that a tease. Absolutely. And, uh, one of these episodes this month will be shout outs, but not this one. All right, here uh, come some questions. So wait, so this is a new segment of Q&A. We've never done this, so let's give it a name. I thought, what the hell? We'll, we'll okay. Q&A. <laughs> Q&A's. That's scary. Oh, God. What? All right. Well, Q&A? A-ch? I'm just doing a shitty Crip Keeper. Q and... Uh... I call this one Boo and Slay. <laughs> okay, there it's you go. Boo and Slay. <laughs> Um, just your thoughts on Nicolas Cage and his evolution in general, asked Ashley Davis. And, and uh, he was my favorite actor from age 10 to 30. And now I can't really support him on these journeys. Uh, I don't see everything he makes. But that sweet spot of 10 years where he was like, he was doing some truly, like they, they talk about brave acting, which I always find to be a real shitty thing to say when people are risking their lives. Um, but like him and Moonstruck, 
It's pretty brave. It's an insane performance that should have wrecked that movie, but somehow worked perfectly. Right. He did shit like that all the time. Like The Rock, you're like, does he? what is he doing? Is this, right. But it makes them all so much more fun, and that element is missing from action movies now. Raising Arizona, the greatest comedic performance for me I've ever seen. He's great in that. And then let's not forget Leaving Las Vegas. He's tremendous in that movie. Fantastic. Honeymoon in Vegas is the funniest. Like, if you're talking about a traditional romantic comedy, that might be the funniest romantic comedy performance now ever. That's the prequel to Leaving Las Vegas, right? That's yes. why he goes That was when back. things were still pretty good. If okay. you've never seen Honeymoon in Vegas, holy shit, is that movie funny. Most of it is due to Cage. But it's just a great story, very well told. Love it. My favorite Cage performance is Matchstick Man. We've discussed it. Love Matchstick Man. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about the man before. How much coke was given to Cage prior to filming, asks Alan Howlett. A lot of it. I would imagine, right? Are you guys going to do a live show anytime soon? I think we get we got to organize this, Joe. We got to organize this. Well, it seems that our numbers are strongest in Chicago, Los Angeles, and San Francisco or San Diego. It's one of the sand towns out here. We can uh, do both. Let's just start with Los Angeles and Chicago. How have we not done one in Los Angeles? If you are from either of those cities, if you live in either of those cities and you want us to do a live one, Write to us, you know, on the Facebook page or on Twitter or on Instagram or email or whatever, and let us know and, you know, give us an idea of uh, can we get one of these things going? Great. We'd love to. Um, Joe, did you notice the Grant Morrison cameo in Mom and Dad? He was on the news as Stanley Burns. I don't know who Grant Morrison is. I don't know who Grant Morrison is. Oh. Well, wait a minute. Now I got it. Now I got to look up Grant Morrison. I feel I know the name. I'm not. Yeah, I'm look blanking. Who is your dream Coke binge celeb? Whether they have the cage like Coke vibe or not. So basically, who would you most want to do a bunch of Coke with? That's a great question. And I guess you got to say living or dead. But I mean, I I couldn't hang with the like the Blues Brothers. You know, I'd be dead. But my my vote would probably be. Uh, Ackroyd and Belushi on the side of the Blues Brothers. I think it would be a blast. Uh, I would pick, uh, you know, my favorite comedian of all time is George Carlin, and he yeah. was a big, big fan of the cocaine late 70s. Uh, sure. So I'd go with Carlin. Um, Grant Morrison is a uh, comic book writer. Oh, okay. He wrote All-Star Superman. That's pretty cool. Um, that's Yeah, that's where I knew his name from. It was from comic books. Uh, but I can't remember names ever, uh, but that's cool. No, I didn't notice that, but that is very cool that he was in there. Okay. Um, we got, did you ever think about doing stand-up as your career? <laughs> I assume it's, that's for me, but uh, it's funnier to oh, ask okay. you. Funnier to me to ask you. Uh, yeah. Um, I... When I moved out here, I thought I want to either do performing all in or writing all in. I didn't. I do not feel like people tend to succeed if they have their toe in ten different pots. Maybe that was right. Maybe that was wrong. But I didn't do stand up till much later. Never, never seemed like a viable option to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the uh, you know. The, the, I, I can't. I can't tell the same story over and over and over. It drives me crazy. But yeah. I loved it for the brief time I did it. Well, remember that next time we're at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, 
okay. Are either of you pumped that Tool is finally in the studio working on a new album? Joe? Nope. Yeah, you know, t- it's funny. Tool I heard, was never my bag, really. I liked Tool for a long time. I heard Sober on uh, on Sirius XM the other day, and I hadn't yeah. heard that song. I ain't heard that song since it was big. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't heard that song in forever. And I remembered like, oh, yeah. Remember when What's Maynard- What's that from? I ain't heard that song since it was big. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's right. Driving okay. down here, I heard the night the lights went out in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Now, I ain't heard that song since it was big. <laughs> yeah, I, this I is the I first heard, time I, I realized it. it's the wife killed Charlie or yeah. whatever he says. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to it and I was like, oh, yeah. Remember the time when we thought Maynard James Keenan was like super cool and mysterious? Yeah. And then he started showing his face and doing interviews. And you're like, this guy's a dildo. Right. Like, I'm just not a fan of the guy anymore. Like that. I, I liked his wine documentary because I thought it was interesting that he has found success in the world of wine. And I love the Tim and Eric segments in it, but I hated like how much he was trying to also be funny right. and how every scene was like him and Patton Oswalt or him and some comedian. It, he just came off like not cool to me for some reason. I don't know. It annoyed me. I hear you. Um, One more. We'll do some on the next I'll one. I'll do one more. I'll do one more. Can we get your best, Nicholas Cage? We've been doing a bit of them, but we should each do one on the way out. All right, I'll do Nick. Give me a restaurant to order from. <laughs> uh, the Olive Garden. Uh, now, your bottomless soap. <laughs> That's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> it's both. Is nope. it truly bottomless, or is there, in fact, a fucking bottom? That was that was a good like late nineties cage. Yeah. Okay, give me a restaurant. Shakey's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'd like a Shakey's pizza, and if you could get it out here toot sweet, that'd be great because I'm real fucking hungry. I would have liked more screaming on toot sweet. <laughs> Some sausage and a pepperoni. You think you can do that? <laughs> Folks, that's our show. Uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram, sometimes Twitter. The penthouse column is You Let Me Down. Look out for that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I will have some interesting news coming soon that is TV related. And uh, that's all I can say. Uh, yes, I am on Twitter. And Instagram at the Patrick Walsh show living biblically is on Monday nights on CBS at nine thirty eight thirty central folks. We will see you next week with a picture called annihilation starring Natalie Portman. So see it if you haven't and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you in hell. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>